The shepherd's eyes flashed open. He sat up. His eyes darted around as he took in the surroundings. The sun had not yet peaked over the horizon, but the sun was beginning to brighten, and some of the sheep were beginning to stir. A few were standing and grazing already. Something had startled the shepherd awake, so he jumped to his feet from his pack on the ground, which he used as a pillow. Though his weary body ached from another hard night, he spent outside on the hard ground. It was in the back of his mind. He had to make sure his sheep were safe and well. At the edge of the flock, he saw a few sheep stirring more than the others. Nearby them was a patch of bushes where a predator could easily hide. The shepherd grabbed his staff and moved swiftly toward the area. On his way, he felt to ensure his sling was still attached to his belt, and a few rocks were tucked inside his pouch just to be sure. He always wanted to be prepared. Approaching the sheep, the shepherd peered with keen eyes into the bushes. Years of working in this field had trained him to see any movement, no matter how small. He had fought off countless animals of all sizes before, from foxes all the way up to lions. His body was a testimony to just how much he paid to work for those sheep. His hands were calloused over and over, from countless hours of gripping a staff and wrestling stubborn rams. Scars of all sizes marked both his arms. Some were from predators, some were from stubborn sheep, who fought with their shepherd, not realizing that he had their best intentions at heart. Then the shepherd saw it. He saw what stirred everybody. It was a snake. It had crawled out of its hole and was exploring the surroundings outside. The shepherd swiftly struck the ground near the hole and the snake darted back inside. The shepherd breathed a sigh of relief that it had not been more serious. His sheep were safe. Every day he came into the field, the shepherd knew he was risking his life for the sheep, but it was a risk he was more than willing to take because the lives of his sheep were worth it. As he moved back to collect his belongings, the shepherd reflected over the coming day. Later he would move the sheep. He would take them from this pasture to a nearby stream. At some point, he would have to treat the wounds of a few sheep who had gotten caught in bramble bushes the day before. Along the way, he would continue to search for a lamb who wandered away a couple days before. To be sure, it would be another long day, but the shepherd was thankful nonetheless. He loved what he did, and he loved his sheep. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. So glad you're joining me. My name is LJ Harry. I am your host, and you're listening to the God's Word for Life Companion Podcast. Companion Podcast means there's a student guide to go along with this. So if you have that Go ahead and open up. The lesson we are looking at today is dated November 14th, 2021, and it is entitled Our Shepherd. Probably no surprise that we are going to take a look today at the Shepherd's Psalm, that beautiful six-verse psalm, Psalm 23. So if you have your Bible or you have your student guide, please turn there to Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The word of God reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, stop calling me surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a beautiful psalm. Over the years I have watched as these six sure verses have held the hands of many unsure people as they go through the valley in their life. And I have seen these verses bring comfort and solace to so many. There's an old adage that says, actions speak louder than words. This was certainly true for the ancient shepherd. You could easily observe how much the shepherd loved his sheep just by seeing how much work and effort he put into caring for them. He didn't just tell his sheep he loved them and then let them wander aimlessly. That wouldn't be love. Similarly, not easy for me to say, Jesus does not promise care and protection without demonstrating that love in action. In fact, the Bible records when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered. And here's how Jesus described them. They were like sheep having no shepherd. This compassion caused Jesus to refuse to be passive. He showed his love in very real and tangible ways. We see that displayed all throughout the Gospels. The Gospels are a showcase of the love of Jesus Christ. He healed the sick, raised the dead. He spent time comforting the lonely and the outcasts. Most impressive of all, though, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's a feat nobody has duplicated. But why? The underlying motive behind these actions is very simple, and yet is incomprehensibly profound. Jesus loves us. This revelation of God, although it's so seemingly simple, is difficult for many people to comprehend. Perhaps it's easy for us to comprehend, yeah, I know Jesus loves us, but I don't think he really loves me. Why would he? Who am I in the eyes of the Almighty God? Those who have never experienced his great love before, they need to be convinced of this truth, and those who have need to be reminded of it. Fortunately for us, the Bible contains an inexhaustible record of the many things Jesus has already done for us. It's written right there in black and white, and some of it red, just to demonstrate how much he really does love us. And then on top of all of that, he continues to show his love daily. But let's take a look at his word. When Jesus compared himself to a shepherd, he was making a promise to us that he will nourish, protect, and provide for us in the same manner a shepherd does for his sheep. Anything the sheep could expect a good shepherd to do, we could expect our Heavenly Father to do, and even better than an earthly shepherd. The 23rd Psalm demonstrates many of the aspects of God's shepherding care. David, who wrote it, was well equipped to understand the duties of a good shepherd. David had spent countless days in the field with his sheep, providing for them, protecting them from predators. Then one day David received a revelation of himself as the sheep and God as the shepherd. And it moved David to such emotion that he effusively penned the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. I think David wrote that with tears. 
David would face difficult times in his life, some of them through no fault of his own, others exactly because of his own fault. But time and time again, God would manifest himself as the perfect shepherd in David's life. If God did that for David, he will do that for us. David wrote, I shall not want. David knew he would never lack any necessity. In the KJV, the phrase is rendered in the future tense, I shall not want. Meaning David had ongoing confidence that not only was there no deficiency now, not only did he lack nothing now, he would never in the future. God provides for us spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, in all ways he provides for us. Our Heavenly Shepherd, he knows we don't just have physical needs. We don't just need to eat. We have emotional needs, spiritual, psychological needs. Amazingly, God is able to provide and more than able to provide for all of our needs and the ways he knows best. He does not only know what we need, he knows how and when we need it. So think about this. What are some ways God shows you he cares for you daily? One beautiful promise David wrote is God restores my soul. It literally means to restore, to bring back. The sheep didn't always listen to the shepherd. I know, I know, right? I was shocked too. And this resulted, many of them wandered away, got lost, got caught in thickets. They ate bad food. They fell prey to predators. And when that happened, the shepherd pursued the lost sheep, hoping to be able to restore them. Our heavenly shepherd is perfect, but we, not so much. (laughs) He's a perfect shepherd. We're not perfect sheep. I know this may shock a few of you, but we have a tendency to be a little stubborn ourselves. We think we know what's best. We go our own way. In fact, Isaiah 53 tells us all we like sheep have gone astray. When this happens, our merciful, loving shepherd continues to call out to us, calls our name, opens his arms, beckoning us to return. Even if you have run from Jesus Christ for years, he's still waiting for you to come back. And he is still searching for you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows you're lost. He's just waiting for you to figure it out so you can come home. David continued, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. We don't always know the perfect way to take. Men, if you don't know which way you're going, it's okay to tell your wife, yeah, babe, I'm sorry, we're lost. You can ask the lovely Andrea, I took us 19 and a half hours out of the way on our honeymoon because I took the wrong highway. So I own it. I don't know which way to go. Thankfully, though, he does. Proverbs tells us in the 14th chapter, there's a way which seems right to man, but the ends thereof are death. That's a pretty sobering thought. A path might look perfect, but we can't see far enough down the road to know where it leads. So how do we Make sure we walk the right path? Well, glad you asked. Also in Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge God, and God will direct your paths. I wish, I wish we could avoid trials. David said we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Other versions in that verse translate the darkest valley. Many of us have experienced times like these in our lives. 
when it seems like the forces of evil are especially strong and they're closing in around us, about to do us in. And we might be tempted to run away from God or go astray or give in to despair because of how overwhelming life seems. David felt that and would feel that for much of his life. He wrote this phrase in the present tense, perhaps because he was in a season of the darkest valley when he wrote this psalm. But even still, he modeled the ideal response for all of us. I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, often we think of God's blessings in terms of what he's given, but what about what God has kept us from? What are some of the things we might not have experienced because of God's protection? When I was growing up, I used to hear people say, well, if it were not for the Lord, I would be in a hospital tonight, or I would be dead, or I would be in the jail, or I would be in the prison. From a man who wrote from a prison cell, Paul could confidently write, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul knew that even if he didn't have everything he wanted, he would always have everything he needed because he had God. We can start to understand this when we begin to submit all of our needs, all of our wants to God's point of view, rather than imposing our wants and wishes and whims on him. We must build a trusting relationship with God. And trust is built over a long period of time. But every time God provides for us, we gain more confidence that he will provide again the next time. Which is why after so many years of serving God, Paul could sit in a prison cell with confidence, abundant confidence, unshaking confidence that God would supply his needs. And this is also why David knew God could set a table before him, even in the presence of his enemies. So think back, what are some things God has provided for you in the past? And how do these testimonies give you confidence that he will provide in the future? David shared one of the most concrete ways he knows God will take care of him is because the Lord anoints my head with oil. In those ancient times, those shepherds would anoint their sheep's heads with oil for different reasons. Could help them to keep from getting their heads stuck in tight places or help them prevent infections or protect them from bugs that would bug them. This was a simple act, and yet it was a demonstration of the shepherd's care for the sheep. Throughout the scripture, anointing is symbolic of God's favor and blessing. The people God had specially appointed for a task were also anointed as part of that commission. They experienced blessings beyond their wildest imagination. And this was true for David. God took a Ruddy boy with a shepherd's sling, and he took him from the boonies in Bethlehem to the palace in Jerusalem, from the sheepfold to the throne, all because God appointed him and he was anointed for that call. No wonder David looked around and marveled and said, my cup runs over. Elsewhere in the book of Psalms, we find a much older King David reflecting about God. After many years of God's blessings and protection and provision and his boundless grace and mercy, David had a new perspective. He wrote in the 37th Psalm, I have been young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaking nor his seed begging bread. David's testimony sits among the testimonies of countless others through history who have also testified to the faithfulness of God. Each of us could undoubtedly add our own stories. 
with all these testimonies, we can be confident God will take care of us no matter how dark or dismal or despairing it seems. God will take care of us. He has never forsaken his righteous and you will not be his first one. Can you count all of God's blessings in your life? A few years ago, my lovely wife went on a quest to record all the things she's thankful for and she was planning to go on a thousand thing thankful quest. And when she started, she just started writing and journaling. And I think at some point she thought, and I don't know that I'm going to get to a thousand. And before long, she was well past a thousand because there are so many things, simple things, great things we can be thankful for. How about breath? How about frozen custard? <laughs> Lots of things we can be thankful for. The presence of God is one of those things. And David said, your goodness and your mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. Your goodness and mercy, God, will be present, will be chasing after me. We can be thankful for the constant presence of God's mercy. This word is translated faithfulness or unfailing love. All apt words to remind us of God's beautiful benevolence toward us even though we don't deserve it. And then David concluded this very short psalm with a purposed action of his own. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This imagery of dwelling in God's house, it did not mean David would set up a bed and kitchenette in the tabernacle tent, but it did mean David wanted to live and exist and dwell, pull up a chair and just sit in the presence of the Lord. After considering just how great and good his shepherd is, David determined my only reasonable response is to seek him every day of my life. What are some ways we can constantly, purposefully, intentionally dwell in the presence of God? Not just in his house with the steeple and the cross on the front, but in between church services, in between the times we corporately worship together with our brothers and sisters, how can we experience the presence of God on a daily basis? How can we dwell in the presence of the Lord? All right, let's wrap this up. Just like the ancient shepherds were comfortable living, eating, and sleeping in the field with the sheep, our God desires to live every day with us. He wants to be with us in our homes and at our jobs and even at our schools. He wants to rejoice with us in moments of triumph and weep with us in times of sorrow. When we need direction, he will guide us. When we struggle, he will give us strength. Every one of those six verses of the 23rd Psalm we can apply, we can grasp, because the Lord, he was not just David's shepherd. He's our shepherd. There's a difference, though, between the physical shepherd and our heavenly shepherd. In the livestock industry, shepherds don't give their animals a choice of whether they stay with a flock. Sheep have no choice. They do what the shepherd says. However, our God is good, our God is loving, and God recognizes we're not farm animals, we're humanity created in his image. And so he has given us free will to either submit to him or walk away from him. He won't force us to stay with him. He will pursue us but he will never force us. Rather, he cries out to us. He beckons us to join the flock. He's always ready with a loving embrace. 
those already in the flock can participate in the mission of God to find and restore the lost sheep of this world. All of us, I would imagine, know some lost sheep. Some people who wander about with no shepherd, no guidance, no direction, no purpose. When we encounter these people, let's be bold and let's be loving. Let's testify to them of God's provision, God's protection we found in him. Allow the anointing of God, the blessings of God to shine through us for all the world to see. Let's use the goodness and mercy of God he has given us to bless others. And through that, we can guide sheep to our shepherd because our shepherd is good and our shepherd is great. Let's pray right now that the Lord would help us to follow after him, claim the promises of this 23rd Psalm, and also be a help and light to those around us who need the promises of this 23rd Psalm. Lord, you are our shepherd, not just all of ours. You're my shepherd. I thank you for this 23rd Psalm. I thank you for the beauty in it. I pray, Lord, help me to live my life all the days of my life, to dwell in the house of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, all the days of my life. Thank you for your mercy and grace that constantly pursue me. But I don't just want to keep it to myself. I want to share it with others. Use me, Lord. Use all of us who are listening, all of us to be a light and witness and help to others around us that we can help guide them either to you or back to you. Use us for your glory to disciple other sheep to know you as we are so richly blessed to know you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hey, thank you so much, God's Word for Life listeners. Really appreciate you joining me on this episode. I hope this has been a blessing and a help to you. And if it has, wonderful. Please click subscribe so you'll know every time a new episode drops. Also, be sure to share this episode or others with somebody else who might be blessed and encouraged by it. And if you want to reach out to me, you can do so. My name is LJ Harry. You can find me on Instagram at LJ and Andrea, also on Twitter at the same. Or you can find me on Facebook at LJ.Harry. I'd love to hear from you and see how God's Word for Life is blessing you. We've got so many more resources than just this podcast. We've got a leader's guide. We've got a participant guide. We've got small groups. We've got God's Word for families. All of those wonderful resources can be found at GodsWordForLife.com faith. Another resource for you in your devotional walk, and this is such a shameless plug, but hey, I've got the mic and you've got the earbuds. I have just finished an audible recording of my newest book, 10 Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments, and it is available right now. If you would rather listen than read, you can certainly do so, especially if you're driving. I would rather you listen than read. You can pick up 10 words on Audible and you can listen to it. It walks through the Ten Commandments and how we apply it to our lives, how they applied them to their life in ancient day. And there's also a little bonus chapter right there in the middle that asks the question, what do we do if keeping one causes us to have to break another? (laughs) I hope that's a help to you. So run on over to Audible, pick up 10 words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments. Next week, at least in these United States, it's Thanksgiving week, and we have so much for which to be thankful, not the least of which is the mercy of God. And we're going to look at lesson titled, A Clean Heart 
dated November 21st, 2021, and it's going to be about the mercy and forgiveness of God. We're going to take a look at another very famous psalm, the 51st psalm, and I am looking forward to sharing that with you next week, and always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.